Hello, friends, and welcome to DBC Conversations. This is a podcast designed to help you go deeper and help you understand what it looks like to follow Jesus in our day. Each week, we will discuss the messages taught at DBC and how we can grow together as the body of Christ. My name is AJ, and I'm here with our lead pastor, Chad Zook, and we're your hosts for this conversation. Well, AJ, our audience is going to find out something that's kind of sad news. A little heartbreaking. It is. Today is actually the last podcast of this season of DBC Conversations. That's right. So it has to be the last one. We've decided there's a transition at the church that's going to be happening. We'll be going into our season, the fall semester and season of community groups that will occupy some time. And then also, you have some things happening at the end of this week. What's going on? Yeah, we're going to have a baby. Yeah, you sure are. Should be Friday morning. That's the plan. Yeah. yeah. So life is going to look a lot different Yeah. for us. First baby, so I figured it'd be a good decision to devote some time you know, to that and just family. Yeah, there's a season for everything. So we're going to take a little time off. I do want to say thank you to everyone who has listened um, to any of these conversations, really. We we so value you as an audience. We're so thankful that you have listened, and we hope that that this has been an investment in your life and in your spiritual journey. We hope that uh, whether you're part of the DBC family or the extended DBC family, that this has benefited you and look forward to more conversations in the future. Cause I certainly don't think that we're done. Yeah. We're not done. Yep. Just give us some time to talk more in the future. Yep. yep. And recoup and get through this season and we will jump into another one. So look yep. out for that. Exciting things. Well, how was your weekend? What'd you do? Uh, this was a busy weekend. Okay. Um, it was a busy, busy weekend on Saturday. We went to Atlanta as as per request of my daughter, she's turning 15. So this was her birthday present. It's what she asked for. She wanted to go to Atlanta for the day, take pictures, eat some really good food at Cheesecake Factory. Oh my goodness, it was amazing. And then we hit a coffee shop and she took a bunch of pictures and there were 12 of us all total. I was going to ask that. I knew, but the audience yeah. doesn't know. The listeners. Three carloads. Wow. Of people, I just still in, can't get my brain and my mind around how you got twelve people in like the coffee shop you went to. Oh, I mean, it was great. Crazy. It was great. Honestly, you're a brave man. Let I, me tell I, you that I really am. And uh, it was so so good. And the thing that I loved about it was not the craziness, not even the coffee shop or the food. I love the fact that I'm going to brag on my daughter that my soon to be 15 year old daughter, what she wanted was to have an experience with a bunch of other people. And not just a bunch of other people, it was part of the group was people who have been mentoring her, discipling her, and her small group leader at Arise. Hmm. So That's she, awesome. so it was all of these people in, in with her friends all mixed together, and we all made it a party all day long. We left the house at about nine, we got back at midnight. Wow. Yeah. It was well, all day long. I promise you, you won't forget that. Yeah, it was yeah. great. That's it, awesome. It really was. I was tired, but it was super memorable, and and I was just so thankful that uh, my daughter is, you know, is a godly young lady, and she just really wanted to, I guess, just say thanks to everybody who's poured into her and celebrate her birthday. She she's so social anyway. So yeah, it was awesome. So uh, hopefully your weekend was awesome too. What'd you do? 
Well, I did not go to Atlanta with 12 people. Oh. Yeah. No, we uh, we had a good weekend, though. It was kind of, it was chill. It was really low-key. We, I think we're still in the nesting mode, and we're getting ready um, for Izzy to come. And so we just spent some time, honestly, just relaxing. Mm-hmm. Like, I know there's some Saturday, well, the next yeah. little bit, there's not going to be a, a relaxing yeah. happening. So um, we just spent some time. I did get my garage cleaned up. That was something I've been needing to do, so... Hmm. Just things around the house, you know, nothing crazy, nothing fancy. Just cool. chilling did, out. Did you find any dead things in your garage no, when you're cleaning? No up? dead things. That's good. I just, you know, just trash. Oh, uh, well. But it's clean now. Hey, it's good. Yep. It's all that matters. Yeah. So whenever you came in Sunday, I, I knew that you guys had been out late and you were tired. But Sunday or yesterday, actually, you, I couldn't really tell that while you were preaching. You, yeah. you brought it. It was a really great message. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I, uh, man, I, God just gave me the strength, really. Yeah. I prayed about it, and I wasn't surprised when I had it. When I stepped up there, I was excited to be there. I loved delivering the Word. I loved to be with our church family, Yeah, and all of that came together. So, Yeah, um, well, yesterday, if you're not informed on what's going on at DBC, yesterday we concluded our series, Markers. That's the series we've been talking about, all these conversations and um, what we've been teaching on. And yesterday you ended your sermon with sort of a commission for us to live unashamed mm-hmm. yeah. of the gospel and, and not just to live unashamed, but also to live where we're sharing the gospel. So it was actually, there were some parts to where I know you had to be stepping on some people's toes and not yeah. intentionally to be harsh, but but to say, hey, this is serious. So yeah. how do you think, you know, you have a different perspective than the people in the seats. Mm-hmm. So how do you think it's sat with the church? I think it sat very well. I mean, I, I believe people were engaged um, as much as I can tell. You know, I mean, from my perspective, I just look out and really all you can see is body language and, and sure people's faces. But, uh, yeah, it's it's difficult when you have to, you, you dig into things that you know people are, you know, it's going to be kind of shocking to some people. Sure. And, uh, and I'm not a fan of shock factor for yeah. shock factor's sake, but I know that when... God disrupts us mm-hmm. that there is some shocking element to it. So oh, yeah. I thought I thought it was good, and I didn't necessarily get any feedback from the people, but um, I take that as good too. Yeah, now, you mentioned a lot about confidence yesterday. Yeah, that was a, a big part of your your talk, and even in our worship set, we sang songs about God's promises and mm-hmm. um, just having a confidence in His coming and just who He is. Um, so, in cultural Christianity and what you see in in our society, what do you? see with confidence in believers? Do believers have confidence? Mm. What, what's your take on that? Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who who would act as if they're confident or they have a confidence in their walk with God. Sure. And yet I think some of those people, large, maybe even a large amount of those people, it's actually a false confidence. Okay. That it's, it's a confidence with no foundation. Hmm. That they may have profess Christ at one point in their life or they you know they did the spiritual thing they went and talked to the spiritual person and they all of a sudden they were led to the Lord quote unquote and yet their life hasn't changed there's no markers of salvation and yet they may be confident falsely confident um, in that and saying oh this is my faith goes back to this story although they don't have markers hmm so it's not a true confidence within cultural Christianity, but I, but absolutely there are other people, like I mentioned Mr. Dave. Yeah. There are other people who, I mean, they they just exude confidence in the Lord, and it's just all over their face in their life, and they have so many markers um, in their life that would identify them as being true 
born-again believers. Right. So you're saying there's a difference in having confidence in Christ, in Jesus, and what it, His work in your life than yeah. just having confidence in a decision yeah. that you've made. Even even the song, by the way, the worship set yesterday was phenomenal. I thought it was great. And what, what you don't know is the audience is... I, I asked AJ yesterday morning before both services, I said, so is there a reason why you're playing all of my favorite songs today? <laughs> like, are you going to ask me for something? Um, it was so good. But the song, This I Believe. Yeah. It's like a song. It was the last song in the set. And it was it was a song just declaring our confidence in God and, right. and why and how we can be confident rooted in the finished work of Jesus. Yeah. Such a good song. It is. So I think as far as the false confidence side, the, the false confidence is really rooted in self. Okay. Which I said that that faith is really the starting point. It's not the finish line. It's the starting point of mm. a walk with God. Okay. And as this, I've said this this definition that I've used a couple times in this series, that's in an attitude and belief that I've given up all self-effort to gain salvation. And yet there's a false confidence within cultural Christianity that if I look the part, if I act the part, or if I if I do some spiritual things, then I can have this confidence, oh, that that I'm okay with God because of these things. And yet all of those are exterior. Hmm. Wow. Not interior. They're exterior to your life. So there is no foundation on Christ. It's really a foundation of works. Yeah. A foundation of self. So dangerous. It honestly, is of, of building your life and and then having this belief that you're actually okay, yeah. And all the while, there is, like you said, there's nothing internal that there's a there's no foundation that's yeah. built upon. And I think that cultural Christianity feeds it. Hmm. I think it feeds it. It it feeds because everybody quote unquote looks like a Christian right. here in our context, or maybe they talk like they are, or they know the right things to say at the right moments, or they know how to send the right praying hand emoji. Yeah, you know, not to be viewed as judgmental, but no, I'm just like every other nice sure. person, Thoughts kind of person, prayers, kind of thing. Right, and it's so dangerous. Like even thinking in society, because where we live, if it's, it's you know predominantly the Bible Belt, and it's people, it, we have this idea that everyone here is a believer. Yeah, like everyone here is a Christian because, and we talked about this before. You know, either they have the Christian T-shirt mm-hmm. or or um, they they post the Bible verse on mm-hmm. Facebook or whatever the case is. So we tend to not. We tend to do the exact opposite of what the verse tells us, yeah. and we tend to not share because we have this this idea for some reason that everyone's good, absolutely, like everyone's got it. So why share? Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it's probably the biggest lie that we bought into, <laughs> especially where we live. Um, mm-hmm. Just honestly, from the enemy of saying there's no need to share the gospel because everyone knows, you know, everyone believes the same thing or believes in Jesus and has that confidence. Yeah, so dangerous. You know, it is dangerous, but I think there's there's an element of, of hope, and I think there's such an a, an element of maybe a a surprise okay. in that too, because that means that those who are truly born-again believers, when we actually hold to the teachings of Jesus, when you hold to this attitude and belief that I've given up all self-effort to gain salvation— those who are truly in Christ will rise to the top. Mm-hmm. And even those within cultural Christianity will notice the true believers, and eventually they'll notice that their foundation is is faulty, mm-hmm. that there's no foundation that's built on the cross. It's works. right? And eventually those always collapse. 
So as we were talking about your sermon yesterday and everything you said, you have this, uh, this line, confidence always comes with evidence. And then you finished and said, if your life is directly controlled by these statements, it tells us where our confidence lies. I am what I do. Mm-hmm. I am what I have. And I am what others think. Mm-hmm. Those are tough statements to get past. Mm-hmm. But it does answer the question of where is your confidence? Where does your confidence lie? Is it in Christ or what you do, what you have, what others think. Yeah, I think we have to really run these down in our life. There's going to be some temptation, even with what we do, mm-hmm. to fall into this. And really, every listener, no matter what profession you have, if you're employed or unemployed or if you're a student or w- wherever you are in life, we always have these three temptations. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are the three temptations of Jesus. So that's what these are. These are all rooted in Scripture in Matthew 4. At the beginning of Matthew 4, these are the three temptations of Scripture or within the scriptures, that Jesus endured and overcame. And this is going to be the same thing for us, the temptation. I am what I do, so it's a matter of my life is a matter of performance. Wow. So, Or my life is a matter of I am what I have, so your life is about possessions. Mm-hmm. Or I am what others think, and that's a matter of popularity. Yeah. So we have to really run these down because we can live our lives in such a way to where we have a confidence in self. All of these are rooted in self. Performance, possessions, or popularity. Yeah. It's building ourselves up, so that becomes the foundation. Hmm. And if our life has uh, these things in it, or if our life bears fruit or has witness or evidence of these things, right. then we're actually showing that our confidence is in self and not in God. Yeah, I think the the ways that I've had to grow out of some of these mm-hmm. um, and and get through them, and looking back, I can see how some of these questions, especially that I am what I do mm-hmm. um, right now. I mean, and I'm sure that you face this too. Like in the church world, it's easy to look outside and to see what everyone else is doing, and and um, whether it's a big church or small church, mm-hmm. and just comparison of saying, ah, you know, like what I do isn't as cool or isn't as trendy or isn't as new as what's going on over here or over Mm -hmm. there. And it can become this dangerous cycle Mm -hmm. because all the while your eyes are fixed on that. And and then you're saying, well, I'm only as valuable as what I do. So for me as a worship leader, even leading at times, you know, in the past I've looked out and, you know, counted the number of hands. And it's it's embarrassing to even say that like I'd look out and be like, Oh, I guess the worship set's not going great today. There's only three people with their hands up. Mm-hmm. And that puts a lot of pressure, a lot of unneeded pressure on yeah. me to say, oh, well, it's only in my power. Sure, yeah, you that's know, all then, performance. It's yeah. like I'm not performing well enough to have the hands raised. Right, and so then uh, you go through these just, you know, these scenarios in your mind, well, maybe we need to change this, or maybe right. we need to do this next week, or, um, you know, this person did it better, so maybe I'll try that. And all the while you're counting out, mm-hmm. you know, the Holy Spirit and, and what He's doing in people's lives, and uh, and you're really putting your identity in something that was never meant to be. Yeah, and this is something that I have, by the grace of God, overcome in large part in the almost eight years of, of preaching here, um, starting out here early on, I, I really struggled with this because for me, yours might have been hands raised, but me, it was, did anyone say, oh, that was a really good message or that was really impactful or that was really helpful or, yeah. wow, I needed that. If I didn't get those things, then the whole performance thing, then my whole confidence 
slumped. Yeah. I was yeah, like, well, I really messed it up today. I don't know what I have to do. What do I need to do next time? I need to do something so people do that. And it's just what I found is, is, is when I, whenever I preach and is just deliver the word, and I just trust that God is much more active than what I can even fathom. Yeah. So now, by the grace of God, I don't get caught up in all that of how many pats on the back I get. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, now I'm trying to live my life um, in a scripture that I found along that journey in Galatians 1.10. And the question is asked, am I, am I seeking the approval of man or of God? Yeah. yeah. And I'm not trying to seek the approval of, of man. It's God first. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like to be encouraged. Sure. But... My identity is in Christ, and my confidence is in Christ. He's called me to this. He's equipped me to do this, and he's equipping me to preach and do all these things. So while it's good to be encouraged, and that's very biblical to encourage one another, yeah. but that encouragement has to be in check with uh, my confidence being in Jesus and glorifying him first. Right. Even if no applause comes, even if, if the crowd dwindles. Yeah. My identity's not in that. My identity's in Him. So my confidence is rooted in that. Yeah, I think it's uh, something that I've I've kind of kept in the back of my mind is just like let me get out of the way. Yeah, I just want to get, especially like in worship, mm. because it could it can become image based and like you know, do we look cool? Do we sound mm-hmm. good? And like those things. I mean, I think obviously, like we believe in excellence here. That's Absolutely. a huge thing that we teach our teams and volunteers, but. You can allow that to become the only question you're right. asking. The, the clear difference between excellence and perfection. Yeah, exactly. And for me, here's here's where the, the rub is for me. I tend to see things that are broken, so mm-hmm. I tend to see things like it's always one fix away from being perfect. Gotcha. So that was like this calamity of errors for me early in my preaching because yeah. I knew that it could have been better. Right. And if I didn't get the applause of people... Then they then they weren't recognizing quote unquote that it was perfect. Hmm. So then I I had all sorts of, of confidence issues even declaring the word and I would go home and I could get depressed on a Sunday and, yeah. and God could have been honored but yet I was living in a false self right confidence in myself and yeah. not who He said that I was yeah false self I mean that's what I think so where you see things that are broken my uh, we've talked about enneagram before I'm an enneagram yeah. four and. And my main bent would be with envy. That's something yeah. that I really have to. Right. I really have to keep in check. And it's so funny because um, my wife Ashley is just such an encourager. And uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the times I'd be like, I just don't sound like this person, or don't look this good. You know, all these things that comparison. You know, right. it's just this envy. And and in the worship world, that can uh, just it can be a really terrible cycle. And so she would always encourage, and no, you actually are talented. You actually are doing really good. Mm-hmm. So just like if you, you know, walk away discouraged and defeated, oh man, I, I didn't do as well because nobody, you know, gave me a pat on the back. I would walk in, in just the shame of envy of thinking, I'll never look this, you know, or right. look that way or lead this way. And, you know, the truth is God didn't create me to lead like that other person. Mm-hmm. He created me to be me. So for me, I have to keep in check uh, just, Keep in mind, rather, you know, I am who God created me to be. Mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to be anyone else on stage. I'm exactly who God has made me, and I have to live into that. Hmm. Yeah, which that also, for you, maybe part of its performance, but also it's the the temptation of false self of popularity. I am what others think. Yeah. So yeah. It, it 
kind of goes into that too. The way that I was raised is not so much to be concerned with the way people think, um, not necessarily the way I was raised, and there's a, maybe some good and bad to that. Sure. But yet I have been tempted in all three of these ways in you know these eight years of preaching, and, and I, I believe that once you get on a stage and then there's there's a greater level of spiritual maturity that has to take place, and there's a, really a greater level of spiritual attack that takes place hmm. when you're in that level of spiritual leadership. Yeah. And I've certainly faced the I've I've faced this down and I know it's not over. It's a journey for oh, all yeah. of us while we're on for earth sure. is to kind of live in this false self. But uh but there can be victory after victory after victory that's had when we realize um our foundation needs to be on Christ. Yeah. That yeah. we've already given up all self effort to save ourselves. Right. To seek our own direction. And we're going to him for salvation and, and, and direction for our life so we can rejoice in who he says that we are yeah. and we could do what he says that we're supposed to do. Yeah, love it. So when we talk about being confident, we talk about you know where our identity lies and being sure in, in who Christ says he is and what he's doing in our lives, I think about um, our culture and how, like I mentioned before, you know, we think everyone here follows Jesus and is a Christian, so we tend to not share. But when you're confident about something, you, you're actually outspoken about it. You actually yeah. do tell others mm-hmm. what's going on, and and we don't just live by like an outward expression of belief. Like you're you're sharing this, you're talking, communicating with people. Um, I thought that was really an important an important thing you mentioned yesterday. Yeah, I mean, when you get <laughs> when a person receives Christ and they get saved and they're born again and they're, they go from, from death to life. They're Mm -hmm. excited. Right. I mean, their, their whole life has changed. And in that we should be eager and excited to tell everyone. Right. And certainly with it, um, have a certainty of the hope that we have in Christ. Yeah. That he's coming again. Right. That we're not just being left alone. This isn't like some, you know, some, project like this is god's doing amazing things in and in the world right now and we get to be a part of it yeah and yet part of that too is this excitement should spill outside of our lives Mm -hmm. it's like when we get excited about say a relationship change yeah like if somebody's single like i don't even know what this is like i've been married so long (laughs) i don't even know i don't even i don't even know what this is like but but i see this on on facebook specifically it's like you see the a status change you see somebody okay they're single and then maybe they've had a drought in their in the in the relationship game, you know, and now right. they, and now they're they're in a relationship. So it's like they go to single and like even before they get home, as soon as they're in the car after it's official, whatever that even means nowadays. Change the status. Right. You gotta change the status. Yep. Now I'm in a relationship yep. with so and so. Like I want the world to know I'm excited about it. My whole life has changed, quote unquote. My yep. status has changed. I want everybody to know. And then if you're in a relationship, and maybe then you're going to get engaged or you do get engaged. It's like, wow, you want the world to know. Yeah. And you do that and you put all the engagement pictures everywhere, all of yeah. your, your socials. It's like everybody sees what's going on. You're excited about it. You want to tell people. Yeah, because you're not ashamed. Exactly. Yeah. And that is, I think, a, a really good metaphor or simile, whatever, whatever, whichever one that yeah, is. Sure. Um, sorry, I'm not an English teacher. <laughs> whatever that is. But for the Christian life, when you go from death to life, 
you're not um, living in shame. Christ is not ashamed of you. Yeah, it's like we should be living bold, outspoken, um, on fire for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, just living unashamed, you know, not being afraid to uh, to tell people what you believe and, and where your hope lies. Uh, we have to get away from the thought that people already know and that people are okay. It's our job. And we see in Matthew where Jesus, you know, the Great Commission, he right. sends us out. Absolutely. And, you know, if you tune in uh, to future things at DBC, you're going to hear, yeah. you know, about evangelism. And, and that's an important, we believe that's that's a call. You know, that's a, com- we've been commissioned. Yeah. So the idea of living unashamed um, for the gospel and sharing the gospel with people around you mm-hmm. is so important. For a disciple of Jesus, that is a true marker, mm-hmm. and that's why I asked the question at the beginning of my talks yesterday. The question was, if you cannot stand in confidence when with when face to face with unholy people, how will you be able to stand face to face with a holy God? That's where this question was birthed out of. Asking the question, digging deep within ourselves to say, where does my confidence lie? Hmm. Um, where really is my foundation? Is my foundation in in wanting people to be happy is my foundation in trying to gain popularity. Where is it? Is that I want to? I want to have some sort of performance based confidence right. here, uh, or is it rooted in my confidence in God? That's rooted in the foundation of Jesus. So that's where that question was birthed out of that exact same place hmm. of being unashamed, which leads us really to the bottom line is a true believer is to be unashamed and confident about the hope of Christ's return and living a life of righteousness. All right. Well, that is a wrap for mm-hmm. episode seven. It's been a good time. Yeah. I just want to say thanks for listening. Again, thanks for tuning in and your time and hope you've gotten value out of these conversations. Um, do want to update you just to stay connected uh, with us on all social media. You can Stay connected with Dublin Bible Church um, at Dublin Bible Church, and we're on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. You can find mm-hmm. watch sermons, um, the website, www.dublinbiblechurch.com. Yep. All of the websites and future series will be updated there. And uh, for our own personal socials where you can just connect with Chad and I, my Instagram account is at I am AJ Davidson. And mine is at Chad Zook. Yeah, so we'd love to connect with you guys, and we will keep you updated and give you some information on when Season 2 of DBC Conversations is going to roll out. Yep, this is a wrap.